Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, glad to be here. Um, hopefully you guys had a great day, great start of the week. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to be here and to answer all your questions and to have a really good session. Um, I want you guys to be participants in, in this session. I see a lot of you guys have, have uh, come on early. That's good. Um, Rennie is here. Hey, Rennie. Rennie, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Kevin and Tamika is here. Rashida, Clinton. Clinton was there early. Clinton is ready. Let's go, Clinton. All right. So um, all, all you guys are here. Um, and so if you guys have questions, go ahead and put them in the comment um, section. I didn't get a lot of questions this week. Um, maybe that means that you, you guys know everything. Uh, but definitely, I want you guys pushing. Let me know. Put in the put in the um Angelique is here. Uh, oh, that's Sharvita, I think. Sharvita is here. Keith Bennett. What's up, Keith? Keith is here. Um, let me know how things are going. Put in the comment section. Let me know what you guys are working on, uh, how your week has gone. Um, for a lot of you guys, um, you guys have are, are finding deals. Some of them may or may not be working out, but you guys are finding deals. So um, so that's good. So I want you guys to continue to do that, continue to stay active. That's the only way that you guys are going to uh, make any money. You've got to stay active. You've got to stay proactive um, every day, really, every day. Um, so Sharvita's saying she's working on her second flip at the same time as her first. Okay. And so let, let's talk to Sharvita. <clears throat> And so, so um, Sharvita, you, you asked the question, do I use the same lender? And so pretty much on, on my flips, and I know you're flipping, I pretty much use the same lender. So I'll use um, my hard money lender. And I do multiple deals with my hard money lender. Right now, I've got two deals going on with my hard money lender, <clears throat> two flips going on and two other flips I, I pay cash for. Um, and then, or I'll use my line of credit and I use the same community bank for my line of credit. So I pretty much use the same lenders. Um, and, and I do multiple deals Now I've been working with these lenders for a long time. And so I have a great relationship with them. They actually call me and, um, ask me, you know, if I, if I have deals. And so to answer your question, Sharvita, yes, um, I often use the same lender. Now, early on, early in my career, where the lenders would only lend one at a time, yeah, I would use a separate lender. But I, I, I try to, and my, my advice to you guys is um, get the, get, have relationships. And that's what I try to do. <clears throat> with everything that I do, whether it's in real estate or or not. I went to a, a tire place today where those guys know me. And, you know, I go to, I, I never, just a pet peeve of mine, I never buy brand new tires. Um, <clears throat> whenever I need a new tire, there's a place not far from my office that I'll go to and, and I refer them a lot of business and they put on um, used tires, but they look brand new. <clears throat> But those guys know me. And so I try to use in every aspect of, of what of my life, really, 
when they go to the cleaners, of course, the doctor, um, anything, grocery store, they know me. They know me by name. The lenders know me. So I try to um, use people who I have good relationships to because they give you favor. And so, <clears throat> for example, today, um, getting, a, getting a tire, they, they like cut the, the price in half. And it was already, you know, a lower price. They cut it in half, but they know me. I bring them business. If, <clears throat> so it's the same with your lender. So try to use the same lender. Um, uh, Charvita. Hey, Dietrich. Dietrich is here. Um, Charvita said yes. All right, so Charvita saying they, they want her to get her first um, draw um, before they, they fund the second. That's fair. That's fair, especially if you're new to them. That that's fair. So just get through it. Just get through it. I, I, I um, on one of my projects, we um, we were about halfway through, and I told my I told my um, contractors this week, which was last week, we're going to finish. And I've got a plan that if we work this plan, we're gonna we're gonna finish this job. And it was like halfway through, but we had a lot of hold up, <coughs> a lot of holdups. And so I got us through. Last week, done. Stage today, done. The only thing we're waiting on is the heavy up, and the heavy up is on um, on Friday. And so after Friday, I'll be able to put the house on the market. Um, COVID held us up, getting materials held us up. Um, they had put a stop work order on, on the house where, where they shouldn't, but we overcame that. Um, and it, so now that project is done. So we had like one day I went over there, it was like 10 contractors, like three or four on each level of the house. And we got it done. So you can put that kind of pressure to get that done. And so Charvita, that's what you've got to do. Hurry up and get them through the first draw. Like look at your um, draw schedule and put and know exactly what you need to do and get to get in order to get through that first draw. And you need to get through that first draw like this week like, and let them know. Come on, you guys. And I, I, I put a post um, on uh, yesterday, I believe, on um, social media. I pulled I, I pulled up to a house of mine. Yeah, the permits took a while. So the picture, the permits are going to take a while in this environment, in this COVID environment. Unfortunately, permits are going to take a while. Um, so um, I pull up to one of my projects and my contractors aren't there. And I'm living. I'm like, where the heck? And I, and I, and I use a lot of profanity, but um I'm like, where the heck are my contractors? So I go in the house because sometimes they'll leave some contractors in there while they go get supplies or lunch or whatever. Nobody is in there. And like, I'm on a schedule. Like, I want to get these projects done. I want, I want, my goal is to get all my projects done and closed by the end of next month, which means I've got to hurry up and finish these by the end of this month. One of them's finished. Well, actually, three of them are finished now. But um, so this is the last one that needs to get finished to get on the market so I can so I can um, achieve my goal of getting all, all of my my flips closed 
um, by the end of April. And nobody's there and I'm livid. And so I get on the phone and I fire everybody. I fire my contractors. <laughs> I, I laugh at it now, but I, I fired them because like I've got it, I've got gold. You can't hold me up. And so, and it was only because they didn't think that I was coming to the project. And so I called, oh, one of the contractors was sick and just all kinds of excuses. You can't have that. You can't play with them. So I fired them all, fired the whole crew, called me begging this morning. And those of you who don't really know me, I'm like a softy, like a real softy to my detriment. So as much as I fired them, hired them all back <laughs> this morning. And so, but um, my point is with the contractors, you've got to stay on them. You might fall behind. Looks like Charvita, you've fallen behind. Um, six six weeks it took to get your um, to to get your permits. Um, but but now Charvita, it's time to catch up. Let's catch up. So yeah, so Dana, you didn't see anybody. Yeah, I, I didn't see anybody. They weren't there. They didn't show up. Now they were there today. And uh, actually, another crew, a different crew, was there today. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's get it done. Like, and so what, oftentimes, and I'm not here to badmouth contractors, but oftentimes they'll take on other projects, like one one day, two day, maybe a week project in the middle of your project, which I understand. But I've, I've got like timelines and time is money. I, I go over if I if I have a hard money loan and it's for six months, like that's how a hard money lender makes their money by, um, you know, if you go past the six months, they make their money on late fees. That's really where they make their money. I mean, they make money, but they really make money on late fees. So I try to do everything that I can not to have to pay late fees. And so I can't let the contractor hold me up. Like you can't hold me up. Um, even if there's some delays and I've had delays, like I can play catch up. Like I know how to play catch up. And so um, Charvita, you've got to play catch up, which means maybe for the next week or two, you've got to pay a visit or get somebody to pay a visit every single day. Pay a visit. I don't care where the project is. Pay a visit every single day. And that's one of the reasons, and I've, I've got a staff. I mean, I have an assistant that her full-time job is to go check on projects. But that's why I've, I've kind of shied away from Baltimore just a little bit because I don't have time to go check on those projects. And so sometimes those projects um, lag because I'm not there every day. And so part of my morning, part of my morning routine is I start my morning off um, or at least try to start most of my mornings off going by my projects. And so Charvita, that's what you're going to have to get used to doing. And I don't stay long. I mainly go to make sure that they're there, number one. Their whole crew is there and they're working on the right things. And the right things are, Charvita, you show up at your project in hand with the scope of work and the draw schedule. If you're working on the first draw, I'm looking at the first draw. Okay. Uh, demo's done. Check. Um, the electrical, the rough electrical, they've ran their wires. Check. Permits are done. They're in the window. Check. Like all these are in the first draw. My um, 
my plumbers put in, um, you know, cut out the walls and put in the new plumbing. Check my HVAC guy if you've got to run new ducts or uh, whatever they have to do. Check, you know, electrical. What, what, so all that's on the first draw. When I pull up, that's all I think about. That's all I care about is everything that's on that first draw. If we're on the first draw. Right, let's get these done so I can get to the money to pay, to pay you. And so when we're done with the first draw, now for the next week or two or three, I'm only paying attention to what's on the second draw. So I'm pulling up. I've got I've got draw schedule in hand, or sometimes it's um, on my phone. I pull it up on my phone, and I'm checking off everything that I need to get done on the second draw. And in my mind, I'm planning. And so while I'm working on the first draw, I'm still planning in my mind. Once we get finished, we need to start on that second draw. <clears throat> and so that that's what we have to do. All right, let's see. Yeah, so these, so Iris, these are being recorded. So we'll, I think we, I think we'll email these to you. But they're they're live on my on. Oh, you can subscribe to our um, YouTube channel, and you can catch them there anytime. So this is being recorded live on YouTube, and you can um, subscribe, and and you'll get them. <laughs> and so Dietrich is asking me, do you, do you uh, recommend any other strategies show that you mean business? So Dietrich, there's, there's lots of strategies with contractors. The e what comes to mind first is that you put in a contract, the independent contractor's agreement, that they have to, they have to uh, finish the job on time. And if they don't, there's a penalty. And sometimes there's a per diem. I'll, I'll ask them, how, how many weeks is it going to take you to finish the project? And they may say, it's going to take eight weeks. And then I might say, okay, I'm going to give you 10 weeks. But if it goes past the 10 weeks, I'm going to charge you $100 a day um, for every day after two weeks. I've given you a two-week grace period. And for every, every day after, it's $100, <clears throat> which means I'm going to hold back $100 per day um, from the last draw. And so there's provisions like that that you can put in there to um, you know, to get them, make sure that there's a sense of urgency with them. Um, now, if, if it's held up because of like this COVID not getting material on time, um, not getting inspections on time, it's not, if it's not their fault, most of the times they say it's not their fault, then um, you know. Then, then I'll 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 that I'll, I'll I'll you know I'm lenient there. Um, all right. So and then there's, and then there's other things, but I, um, I I have low tolerance when it, when it comes to contractors not showing up at projects. You know, I feel like they're eating into my profits when that happens. Like let's go, let's run. Like I can do a lot of projects at a time. Um, you know, if, if everybody cooperates, you know, a couple of years ago, I was doing at different stages, like 10 projects at a time. And that was a lot of work. And I said, I don't want to do that anymore. And, and then so now I've kind of I'm doing and then but a lot of those projects were like true gut jobs. Also, we would either go up or go back or both. 
And so I don't, I try on my flips not to do that anymore, not to add any square footage. Um, on those bigger projects, there's so much can go wrong. I mean, the profit is high on those bigger projects, but I try to stay with um, what we call the cosmetic uh, renovations, where I'm just really doing uh, paint, flooring, kitchen, bath. You know, if we've got to change out the HVAC, you know, we'll do that. But I'm trying not to add square footage anymore. Uh, I like I like to get in and get out and do you know production, do a number of projects. And so Michael is saying it's called back charging contractors. Absolutely. And so, and sometimes that's what you have to do. And so Sharvita is saying that the contractors, um, let me put some of these messages up here. And so Michael is, says, is saying um, it's called back charging the contractors. A absolutely. And so that that's what it is. Um, when you're taking money away from them from lack of production um, or lack of productivity, that's exactly, absolutely. And Sharvita is saying they say they, they, they can't control COVID. I mean, that, that's true. So I'm a little lenient um, when it comes to that. All right, <clears throat> Karen is saying you have to visit your um, flip at different times every day, absolutely. Um, going at the same time is not good. The contractors will get accustomed to you being there at certain times. Amen. Amen to, to Karen. So you guys listen to that. that. That's absolutely right. A lot of you guys here are real estate agents. Um, a lot of you guys here work a full-time job. Like You can't be too busy not to go to the project or have somebody else go. Like You can't be too busy. You can't be too busy to go. Like Karen's, Karen is saying, um, you go at different times. And sometimes you have to go at different times. Uh, Andre is saying, hello. Hey, Andre. Uh, let's see. Diedrich is giving Karen some love. Um, do, do you generally pay their schedule estimates by two weeks? Oh, pad. Do you generally pad their schedule estimates by two weeks? Generally, I do. Um, because oftentimes they're, they'll overpromise and underdeliver. Um, I honestly go by my own schedule. You know, if it's a if it's an eight-week project um, and they say it's eight weeks, sometimes they'll say it's six weeks, and I know it's eight weeks, so I'll just go with the eight weeks. Oftentimes a contractor is going to tell you that they can do it in a shorter period of time than they really can. And so I normally pad it by two weeks. Um, as long as it, it fits in the schedule um, of the time that I need the project done. And so most of the times my financing is for six months, which means I want the project done you know, within four months or four and a half months. Um, to give myself enough time to market the property and then enough time to um, for the for the buyer to get a loan. And so um, if I can be in and out of the project, let's say in four months, and pretty much I try not to do a project that's going to last longer than that unless I get a loan that's more than six months. So, so my line of credit is a year. So when I use my line of credit, I'm okay. 
The problem with my line of credit, though, is even though the interest rate is much better than hard money, less than half on interest rate, um, and even though it's a year, I've got to make a monthly payment. Um, and so that's one of the downsides of using a bank or a community bank for line of credit. You've got to make a monthly payment. With my hard money, interest rates, the interest rates are a little higher, but there's no down payment and I don't have to make any monthly payments. And so it's like it's a trade off. And generally, sometimes the trade off uh, with a hard money lender is a lot better than even though the interest rate is, is um, a lot higher, not a lot higher, but higher. There's, um, there's a bank now in Baltimore. They're not a bank. They're a lender, Dominion Financial. They're, 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 they're hard money, I believe. Their hard money is like 5% now. Um, so Dominion is about 5%. So you guys should look into that. Um, but you know, sometimes I'll I'll use the hard money route because number one, they can close me really whenever I want. I've I've closed in two days with hard money. Um, they would prefer two weeks, but I've closed in in two days. Um, a traditional lender is going to take thirty to forty-five days, and oftentimes you've got to close quickly. And so, with my line of credit, it's thirty to forty-five days. Sometimes they they may even want to come out and do an appraisal. Hard money lenders, generally, they're not, they may come out, but you know, if you've got a track record with them, they'll run their own comps and they generally don't come out. Um, I don't make a monthly payment. I do with, with the, the line of credit. Um, and so sometimes it's just more beneficial to use, to use a line of credit. I mean, to use my hard money. All right, was there any other questions before we move on? Yeah, Dominion. So Demille, I, I know that you're you've got properties or looking at properties in um, in Baltimore. Their their Dominion is based out of Baltimore. As a matter of fact, they're they're um, they're a lender. They're a hard money lender. They started to go to long term financing, but they're also the number one investor, buy and hold investor in Baltimore. I mean, right now they probably have about close to a thousand. Um, properties, rental properties, row houses in Baltimore. Um, so they don't buy as many as they used to. Um, they, they've started lending recently. Um, so they're pulling lines of credit. You guys listen to this. So they've had like 600, 700 properties. They're buying or used to buy for say 30, 40,000, put 30, 40,000 into them. Um, rent them out and then refinance and get all their money back. But they did it on a large scale. And then what they did was they used their, all of their properties. So they used all of their properties um, and borrowed against it to, um, to start lending. And so, and so now, they're, now they're lending, they're lenders. And so now they do both. But so so what that says to me is, what that should say to you is maybe part of your strategy should be buying and holding as many properties as you can, whether they're in Baltimore, whether they're in wherever, DC, doesn't even matter. But you do that to make your, um, 
your personal financial statement look good to improve your net worth. And then you borrow against that net worth. You borrow against that net worth. And so that's what they've done over the last few years is they've got this huge net worth because of all those Baltimore properties. They borrow against it. And let's say that they're borrowing at, if they're lending at five, then they must be borrowing at two. Um, and so they just play that game. So they're borrowing at two, lending at five. Or borrowing, they used to borrow at around four or five <clears throat> and lend at eight. And so they play that interest rate game game um, to make money. And so that's how they make money. And so that's how you make money as well. Build up your net worth and then borrow against it. And you borrow against it to buy more properties, to flip, use a line of credit to flip properties, hold properties, whatever that is. Lend if you want to lend. Um, but, you know, we don't talk enough about net worth and what's your net worth and building your net worth. I'll be honest with you guys. That's all I think about. It's all I think about. If I buy a property, the first thing I think about is, you know, how is that, how's this property going to improve my net worth? You know, if, if, if I buy a property and by the time I rent it out, I have, I don't know, $100,000 in equity, $50,000 in equity, I remember buying a property in DC that I that I'm holding. And once I start, once I bought it for 200, once I've um, renovated the property and rented it out, it was worth 400. So I said to myself, my net worth just increased by this buying this one property by $200,000. Now, once you start, once I start, let's just take this one property, for example. Once I start paying down on the mortgage, the principal, and the property starts appreciating, which it has, so now it's worth uh, almost 500,000. And even if I didn't pay down on, on the principal, now my net worth on that one property is 300,000 because <clears throat> properties in that area are selling for almost five, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, it's a three level row house, um, semi-detached in Deanwood, three bedrooms, three, three bedrooms, three full baths in this house. After repair, about 1,500 square feet, after repair value now is almost 500. There's row houses in Deanwood, Northeast DC that are selling for over 500 to, to my surprise. And so that one property alone, <clears throat> over $300,000 in net worth, looks really good on my personal financial statement. And so that's one thing that I want you guys to be conscious of. We all want to flip properties. We all want to um, wholesale properties. And I do want you to do that. But I want you to use some of those, some of that money to buy and hold to increase your net worth so that now you can get lines of credit um, for more and more and more money with those lines of credit. Now you can continue to build your net worth. Oftentimes people ask me, um, should I should I refinance? I get this question all the time. Should I refinance and pull money out? Should I do a cash out refinance and flip a property? And I always say, 
you know, I don't recommend it. I mean, there's all kinds of strategies, but I don't recommend it because what happens, what happens when you pull cash out of your um, property? Here's what happens, you guys, your net worth goes down. Your net worth goes down because now, let, let's say in, in my scenario, house is worth 500,000, um, I owe 200,000, I've got $300,000 in equity. If I pull cash out, let's say I pull out 100,000. So now instead of having $300,000 in equity, now my mortgage, um, my mortgage balance just went up to 300. So now my, my net worth on that one property is um, 200,000. Yes, I've got $100,000 in cash that I can use. And if I use it wisely, then it makes sense. But most of us don't. Most of us don't use it wisely. The better strategy is to borrow money against the equity. Borrow money against the equity. So we leave the equity in the property, but then we borrow against it, getting lines of credit, um, but be able to show that property and borrow money against the equity. So we're leaving equity in the property and continue to um, build our net worth. Um, so let's answer um, Kevin's question. So there's no interest only monthly payments with your hard money um, loans, yes. Is that because your relationship with the lender? No. And so our, our lender and a lot and a lot of hard money lenders, um, they'll charge um, points, which is a percent of the loan amount up front um, and a percentage, let's just say, let's just say it's 10% um, on the loan. And so if they charge three points, Let's say you're borrowing $200,000. And so if they're charging three points, that's $6,000 you pay up front. And then that's another $20,000 that you've got to pay. 10% of $200,000 is $20,000. You pay the $20,000 um, when you actually sell the property. So there's no monthly payments. Now, my numbers are, are a lot better. Uh, mine are around 8%, no points. But um, but that's a typical hard money loan. Um, and that's just not for me. It's for um, some hard, most hard money lenders that I, I run across anyway, or some, no, no monthly payment, no monthly payment whatsoever. Um, so that, that's how that is. Let's see, Quentin's got a question. Let's see Quentin's question. Isn't taking money out um, in a refi part of the Burr method? And so, um, well, Burr, Burr method is buying a property, renovating the property, um, renting the property, refinancing, get all your money back. And so I think that's, that's um, so I see your point, Quentin, but I think if the initial strategy of buying initially buying a property is to buy it with cash or hard money and then um pull, um renting um buying a property renovating the property renting the property and then refinance if that's your initial strategy then that's what you should do that's what i do and so i'm talking i'm talking about more so a property that you've owned 
for two, three, four years of renting it out, five years, six years um, of either renting it out or um, what a lot of people ask me is they the home that they live in, they have X amount of equity. Um, I need to refinance, pull cash out. Um, I've built it up to you know a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity. Um, I need to pull cash out of the house that I live in to invest. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's just, I, I just wouldn't recommend it. And I wouldn't recommend it for me. I, I think what you're talking about, Quentin, is something separate. That's an initial, in my opinion, initial um, strategy of, in the smart strategy of buying a property with either your own cash or hard money, short-term financing, um, renovating it, renting it, and getting your money back. Now, generally, when you do that, or when I've done that, um, you still start off with, you know, well, bank is going to make you have at least about 70, uh, at least 30, 30% equity in that property anyway. They're not going to lend to you on a refi. They're not going to lend to you. So that's a good question, Quentin. But I think it's kind of a little different from what I'm, from what I was talking about. All right, so um, Dana's asking a question. Would the closing cost of refinance um, take money out, make it worse? Yes, make matters worse. And so, so Dana brings up a good question um, because I recently oh, um, was kind of stuck in a dilemma. Um, the house that I live in, I've got, a, I've got equity in it. Um, I'm, I'm, I have my eyes on retirement. I've got like, in my mind, I've got like a sort of a six to 10 year plan to, um, to retire. And I want to, when I retire, have my house paid for. And so I, I thought to myself, should I refinance, take advantage of these very, very low rates, uh, where my interest rate now compared to what the interest rates are now is high. But at the time, having a 5% or 6% interest rate at that time, um, a few years ago was great. But now, you know, people are getting two and a half, two and three quarters. So I said to myself, should I refinance? Um, get the lower interest rate and then um, start paying down on my mortgage. And so what I decided to do was not to refinance. Um, and the reason I decided not to refinance was because um, I said to myself, when I refinance, my mortgage balance is actually going to go up. Um, I don't need to do a cash out refinance. Um, I don't need to use the cash for that. I don't need cash for that. Um, it's going to make my um, mortgage balance worse because I'm going to have to finance, either pay cash or finance the closing costs. I said to myself, what I'm going to do is um, I'm just going to start paying more to the principal. So I took out bill pay um, with my bank and automatically I've got a, I've got a payment going out on the first. And then I've got another automatic payment going out on the 15th, which, you know, um, which my house should be paid off in like probably like five or six years to be totally transparent, just to make the point. 
Um, I've got a full payment going out on the first through bill pay. And I've got another full payment going out on the 15th because I want to walk my payment down so that <clears throat> let's say five to six years from now, uh, by paying more towards the principal, it equates to a full mortgage payment to the principal every month, uh, house, house will be paid off. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. But to Dana's point, um, I chose not to refinance because, and it's just me, I'm not saying not to refinance to pull the cash out. As long as you're responsible, you should do that. I just decided not to do it and just kind of walk it down on my own. Um, I first thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll make one extra payment a year. Um, so I, I've always done that. Um, there, there was a time where I made, um, I split the payment into two and made um, bi-weekly payments. And that walks your mortgage payment down as well. But um, I just decided to make, you know, just the, you know, cause like I said, I've got my eye on retirement. Just, you know, just try to really put a just small chunk into it every month. And that's, that's this, and so that's the answer to your question, Dana. So I, I actually agree with you, that, um, Dana, about that closing cost. For me, it's just better just to, you know, just to pay extra. Um, and that's not everybody's situation, but I just, that's what I decided to do. Um, so um, Diedrich is asking, what level of equity do you look for in buying holds? Does it vary depending on the area at all? And so it, and so it absolutely, absolutely varies. It, it absolutely varies. So, so it just, you know, it just all depends. And so, but it, but for the most, for the most part, in terms of equity, I mean, I, I still want to buy at, you know, if I can, um, somewhere between, um, you know, 50% and 30% um, equity. And so that's simply the Mayo formula, 70% of the after repair value minus repair costs. That's, um, that leaves you 30% um, equity in, in the property. And so as long as I can do at least that, I mean, I try to shoot for, um, it, it generally equates to 50%. Because I'm still trying to buy the property at 70% of the after repair value minus repair costs, but then I'll but then I'll have to put down 20% um, when I go to refinance. I'll put down 20%, um, which which now most lenders, when you're buying and holding, most lenders want 20%. So that takes me down to 50%. And so, and I'm happy with that. I, I want that equity. I want my tenants to um, um, really pay down um, and pay off my mortgage. You know, I, I believe in that. I know a lot of a lot of investors don't believe in paying off your mortgages, but I I, I do. Um, I, I went through that experience of 2008, um, 2007, 2008, 2009, and for me, it was very painful. You know, I had a, a small portfolio of like 13 properties. Almost all of them were in D.C. And when the recession hit and nobody's buying houses, you know, my tenants weren't paying. I didn't have the money to subsidize the rent. And so I had to slowly but surely didn't lose any. They all had a ton of equity. But um, I just had to slowly but surely 
sell off most of them. Um, and, and I just don't want to experience that anymore. And so if I had had them paid off, then, um, you know, th there wouldn't be a problem. So that's just my mentality. Um, I understand when people say, you know, don't pay off your mortgage, use that money to do other things. But I just want peace for me personally, I just want peace of mind. And so, you know, I try to, you know, pay off my mortgages. And plus, I don't want to leave, just have just have um, one daughter. I, I don't want to leave her with a lot of debt. And so that's another reason why um, that's kind of my mindset and, and my my strategy, but everybody has a different strategy. But that's just my strategy. And so um, Sharvita is saying the same thing. She likes peace of mind of not having a mortgage on her rental. So same thing. So same thing. Um, but I don't believe in me personally um, paying off my own rentals. I want my tenants to or, or the government to. Now, have I added towards the principal at least one payment on my rentals? I have because I do want to walk that down. I mean, you know, when I start to think about retirement, um, you know, in retirement, I just don't personally want a lot of mortgages. I don't mind having rentals, um, but I just don't want to have a lot of mortgages in, in retirement. Like I want to have all my bills paid off. Um, maybe even if I got a ton of equity. I'm slowly, 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 slowly getting into the stock market, at least having lots of conversations. I'm probably um, uh, going to pull, pull the trigger on buying some dividend stocks. And so the more I'm reading, the more I'm learning, you know, as a retirement strategy, I may start to sell off um, some of my properties in, you know, leading into retirement and put them into some dividend stocks and you know live off the you know the dividend the dividends um you know every year you know hopefully you know i'll have already have a lump sum of, of money in those stocks and put more in and let's just say for an example just as an example let's say i have a million dollars in dividend stocks and they've paid off let's say 10 percent over the over a year now we know that the stock market is volatile, could be higher than that or much higher, could be lower than that. But to put it in a vehicle where, um, let's say it's dividend stocks, you get 10% on a million dollars. So now that's another you know, $100,000 that you, know, you can live on. I mean, you're gonna have, and I'm gonna have other retirement vehicles and retirement strategies, but you know, those stocks, you know, those dividend stocks or annuities. You know, a lot of you guys like annuities. I was in a conversation a day or two ago about bonds and bonds are more, um, especially fixed bonds are, are safer or safer investment for retirement. And so I just start to think about <clears throat> those things. Um, so I want to pay my, my, my um, properties off, maybe even sell them getting closer to retirement and then put that money into something where it's a little more liquid it's it's still growing interest or dividends and just kind of live off of that there's, there's annuities that guarantee you um i just read about an annuity aviance i think the name of it was 
that um, guaranteed you like um, somewhere between like a 10 or 12% return in an annuity where once a year you could take out 10%. So if it gave you 12% in that year and you take out 10%, you're still leaving 2% in that annuity. And so I, I don't know why, I don't know why we're talking about why I'm talking about stocks right now, but it is a strategy and you can use real estate um, to fund those stocks um, in the future. All right, you guys. Um, yeah, sell, let's see, sell and owner finance. Um, let me see, Dietrich's got a question. Do you su suggest having a, a single property manager for all your rentals? Um, so Dietrich, I, I absolutely, absolutely recommend um, property manager. Look, you guys, and I'm guilty of this. We're all busy. Like all of us have um, other jobs, other businesses. If we don't tend to our properties, tend to our investments, really tend to our businesses, I look at each property as a business, then, you know, these tenants are going to go haywire and our business is going to, or our property is going to go down the drain. It's worth paying a property manager 8% of the rent, which honestly is nothing. It's like, how do they make a living off of 8%? You know, they got to have a hundred properties and a lot of them do, but it's, it's nothing compared to um, what they're going to save you in terms of saving your investment. It's just another bill. Um, you can look at it as paying an employee, even though they're not an employee. But <clears throat> I highly, highly, highly recommend property manager. Highly recommend property manager. Um, so, so that answers that. Um, whole life policy, absolutely. Whole life, um, universal life. And so I like the insurance policies, um, universal index um, policies, um, universal index, right, IUL, um, index universal life policies. And so I'll just say this, um, on, on the life insurance policies, which is really kind of the best investment you guys can make in yourselves, because not only does do not only do they give you a death benefit for your loved ones um if they're tax-free investments so the money you put in is tax-free and or the money coming out so a lot of these and these life insurance policies they actually pay you um once you once you put in a, a certain amount and reach a certain age they actually pay you like the, the cash value They'll pay you every single, could be every month, every year, however you take the money. That's a retirement strategy. Like, like insurance policies is, is a retirement strategy that you guys need to take advantage of. It's like the number one retirement strategy um, that you can invest in is, is life insurance because it's all tax free. So the money that it's paying you a retirement, I have a lot of my agents having um, index annuities and things like that, um, the money that it pays you is tax-free. So 
So it's another form of a re, retirement payment. But then for your loved ones, there's, there's is a um, is a death benefit to it. So yeah, whole life, universal life. <clears throat> I'm not too keen on. I'm not an insurance man, but not too keen on term. I mean, I had a term policy uh, for 20 years. After the 20 years, couldn't get the term policy anymore because I, I had a um, health issue, medical issue. Um, but if I had gotten, you know, a whole life or universal life, that's forever. You keep that forever. And so um, when my daughter turned, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old, I, I got an IUL for her, Index Universal Life Policy, that will pay her, um, I think it pays her, I don't remember now, I think when she turns 30, pays her 100 grand a year for the rest of her life, and she holds on to it until she's 50, without taking the payout, pay it pays like double or triple that. I forget the numbers. But I took that out for her um, when she's like a teenager. And I paid very little. I pay like, like maybe $150 a month now. But I stopped paying that. Uh, actually, I stopped paying that in, a, in like a year or two. And then at like 30 or 40 years old, now she's got a retirement coming in. That, that's a whole nother topic. Um, so Dietrich is saying stock market strategies are very interesting. For some reason, Dietrich recently and i think it's because of kind of my sphere of influence my agents the people i'm around i'm very fascinated with stocks they're they're following stocks and so i'll maybe i'll have um them on um at one of these meetings and kind of just talk to us kind of on a high level about the stock market and how we can really fund our future with combining real estate with the stock market um, keeping in mind it is very volatile but there's so stock market, if you really know the stock market, and I know some of you guys do, some of you guys know it a hundred times better than I do. Um, but you can make a ton of money in the stock market. And so I, I have investors that that's all they do, stock market and real estate, stock market and real estate. And they're looking at the stock market every day. They got like two or three monitors on their desks. Um, and that's all they do. I've got a really close buddy of mine, close buddy of mine, who that's all he does. And so in, in one account, I think he's got like um, $2 million. That's, that's pretty much, one thing I like about the stock market is, I um, in stocks, your money is liquid. Uh, real estate is not. And so if there's a tragedy or if you need to get to a whole lot of money, um, and let's say you've got 200000 um, equity in a property, it's going to take you a minimum of probably 30 days to sell that house or even refinance. With the stock, you got the same amount in the stock, you can have that money in 24 hours. It's liquid. Um, but there's pros and cons to everything with stock market. You know, like I said before, it's it's up and down. So to me, the stock market is a long-term play. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of people who day trade. Um, they're betting on futures and all, all that kind of stuff, but I'm not, we'll, we'll get other people to talk about that. <laughs> so Allison is right. And so Allison said, I think COVID gave a lot of, uh, time to look into and study the stock market. Absolutely. I, I think you're right. People are home. 
sometimes they're bored and so they're they're looking at the stock market trying to understand yeah it gave a lot of us time to um study and learn the stock market and so um so yeah allison i mean if you know that stock market you can share some tips with us um yeah so dietrich agrees with you allison and so and so maybe that's why a, a lot of people around me real estate people talk a lot about the stock market like real estate people are talking stocks and like i said i've, I've got a buddy that probably has he really knows the stock market he also really knows real estate investing and so he's flipping he's holding um and he's playing the stock market and he's just um like killing it on both on both ends both ends he's killing it both ends and so it's something that I've really never paid close attention to because I've always wanted to, you know, focus my learning um, and have really focus on real estate. So I claim to be a real estate man, but um, I'm getting more and more intrigued with the stock market, especially long term. Um, I talked to a buddy of mine who I went to high school with, and he's a very successful stock broker. And I told him what I was looking for. And I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm looking to pay, put X amount of dollars into an annuity. Um, I have a 10 year strategy. And he said, no, that's the wrong place to put your money. He said, dividend stocks. So I started reading up on it. I'm like, and I started asking other people. And they said, oh yeah, you're right. You'll make much more money uh, with dividend stocks than you will in an annuity. And so, so I'm probably going to put, hopefully, maybe starting next week, uh, a certain amount in there and then fund it every year for 10 years. Um, we've got another comment. Also using solar to pay off energy costs and tax incentives. Absolutely. Um, absolutely right. Um, but then I'm also getting approached. Is anybody familiar with Bitcoin? Is it called Bitcoins? Yeah, Bitcoins. Are you guys familiar with that? I mean, I'm not familiar. There, I get approached about Bitcoins all the time. Um, I'm not familiar with Bitcoins, but um, maybe we'll have somebody come on and just talk to us about that as well. But I heard Bitcoins, you can make a lot of money. All right, so let's... Um, A lot of you guys have multiple. There you go, Andre. So Andre said it. Andre said it. Multiple streams of income. Absolutely. The diversification. And that's what we need, diversification. Um, good point. Good point. Good point, Andre. So Diedrich said he's um, somewhat familiar with Bitcoins. Um, also, let me put this up here. Um, Dietrich is saying seeking alpha is a good app to get, um, uh, to get started following stocks. Okay. Um, electronic vehicles is, is something good to follow in terms of stocks. I, I agree with that. A lot, a lot of people are going green and, and, uh, they're concerned with the atmosphere. Um, what's that called? Um, forget what that, that what that's called. We're concerned with the atmosphere and global. Glo is it global warming? Yeah, global warming. Um, 
and and so I'm I'm concerned. And so I, I thought my next car might be an electric car to, to save the um, save the universe. All right, let me. I've got some questions that I haven't answered, and it's starting to get late. I, I've been rambling, and so let me um, let me answer some questions. Uh, and we may have already answered them, but yeah, let, let me answer some questions. You guys, if you have any questions, yeah, global warming, uh, climate control. That's what I was looking for, climate control. All right, um, let's see. Recently, so here's a question that I did receive. Recently received my stimulus payment. I wanted to invest the 1400 into real in their real estate investment business uh, what would be a great return on investment of that $1,400? And so um, what comes quickly to mind is putting that $1,400 into some, some marketing, some lead generation. And so that's what comes to mind. Um, if I had fourteen, if, if I had $1,400 now, I probably would put it into probably a direct mail piece. Um, direct mail is what's really working. And so sending postcards to um, sending postcards to like either absentee owners or um, owners who own their houses free and clear. Um, so that would be one thing that comes to mind. Um, Andre is saying education. Keith is saying coaching program. I agree with that as well. Getting coaching. Any any other suggestions? And so one of the investors is saying, uh, what to do with the stimulus check? Uh, Keith is saying coaching, getting coaching. Andre is saying education. I'm saying lead generation. Um, what, what do you guys say? Any, any other suggestions for, um, for him? Any other suggestions? Let's say, um, so So Dietrich is saying hire a VA, a virtual assistant. So hire a VA <clears throat> to make calls. Um, so that that's a great idea. Get a list for your VA, because VA can be as cheap as $16 a day, paying $4 an hour for four hours a day. Um, so you keep them for 10 days, this is $160. And so hiring a VA, I think that's good. Um, I think that's a good idea. All right, so a couple of other questions. Um, let's see, um, even though a property is, is an off-market deal, is it okay to inquire about the owner's interest to sell? Absolutely, absolutely. If it's off-market, that's what we want. We want properties that are off-market Properties <clears throat> that are on the market is too much competition, especially in this market. So it's too much competition. And so, yeah, if you find a property that whether it's listed, they want to sell it, or you think it might be a good investment deal, um, contact the owner. Um, contact the owner, definitely. You um, use the money to build and boost your business credit to fund deals. And so that's a good idea, too. I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about financing, didn't talk much about credit, um, but boosting your credit, boosting your credit score, um, also your net worth, 
kind of goes along with that. That's how you're going to get financing. That's how you're going to grow your business. That's how you're going to go financially. That's how you're going to be able to get the money to really like, you know, build generational wealth. Um, going back to the uh, Bitcoins, Allison is saying cryptocurrency is big. You know, it's big, but I, I just don't, I don't understand it. Um, Andre is saying Forex. I think that's cryptocurrency. And um, for the next 10 years, uh, look at um, EV stocks. All right, I'm going to write that down. EV stocks. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to Google it. EV stocks. But cryptocurrency, Forex, I think that, you know, everyone's talking about that. I just don't really, really understand it. And so Charles, yeah, Charles is right. Um, there's there's some there's some investors with him 500 program, and so that's good. That's good. I, I listen to them a lot as well. Look, you guys. Um, and so I'm I'm giving I'm doing a live um, podcast tomorrow at noon on the same channel. So so um, you know, sign up for my my YouTube channel. Sign up for my YouTube channel. Um, follow me on Instagram at noon. <clears throat> I'm going to take a deep dive into marketing, marketing for the investor, marketing for the agent. Um, so tune in if you can. If not, it will be it will be on my YouTube. It also be on my Facebook page. <clears throat> but um, that's the key to your success is the marketing. I didn't talk. I purposely didn't talk too much about it. Because uh, I'm going to talk a lot about it tomorrow. And so if you're available, um, tune in live or, like I said, uh, one of you guys just just uh, subscribe. But <clears throat> um, two, actually, two, two did tonight. Three did tonight. Rennie did. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And so you'll get that. I want you to listen. I'm probably going to limit it to around 30 minutes or so. But lead generation. I mean, in this market, you guys. Um, where it's a seller's market, the sellers are winning, but the investors are winning too, especially those that are buying and hold, buying and, and, and flipping. Um, they need wholesalers to bring them deals. They are, including myself, uh, paying top dollar for deals because we know that we can put it on the market. And I, I, I have a property. Some of you guys have seen my property in Suitland. It's going to be done next week. I already have an offer on it. And so they asked me, um, how much you want to sell it for? And I said, 375. Got an offer for 395 already. And it's a week away from being done. 395. $20,000, I don't know if it'll praise, but $20,000 over list price. And I didn't never even listed it. It was like word of mouth. And it's not even done. So, <clears throat> It's a market great for investors. We're looking for deals. Marketing is the key. Go out and find deals, you guys. <coughs> and so um, last but not least, I wasn't going to do it, but I guess I'll do it. A lot of you guys have stayed on. So let me give you guys a quick math problem. Let's solve the math problem, and then we'll get you guys out of here. And... Um, 
I know that a few guys, a few of you guys are doing great with your math. You guys, you have to really understand the math. And so um, let me let me go over a scenario. Let me just make one up and we'll go over it and then I'll get you out of here. <clears throat> All right, look, um, there's a property that the after repair value is $750,000. So you're going to look at a property where the after repair value <clears throat> is $750,000. Now, I want you to tell me what your offer should be. Um, no, I want you to tell me what the profit is for the app for the um for the cash buyer <clears throat> so i'm looking for the profit for the cash buyer and i'm looking for the wholesale fee give me the wholesale fee and the profit for the cash buyer and so i want you to determine number one what your offer is going to be um, as a wholesaler, and then what you're going to offer the cash buyer, and then what your profit, what the profit for the cash buyer is going to be, and what the wholesale fee is going to be. Um, put it into the uh, comment. Uh, ask me a question. If you have a question, ask it. <coughs> Hopefully, I, I've kind of spelled it out what I'm looking for. So the first one to give me. The, the profit and the wholesale fee. All right, so we got $750,000. So let's do the math. Let's do the math, you guys. All right. All right, so I'm going to do it with you. All right, so let's see, $750,000 times. Let's see, three, zero. All right, so so I have the profit. No, I, yeah, I have the wholesale fee. Profit should be. Give me the wholesale fee and the profit that the cash buyer should be making. All right, so I've got the profit. And I have the wholesale fee. 
I need a profit and a wholesale fee. Some of you guys just have one. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Wait, you guys are rolling. Who was first? All right, so it looks like, looks like you guys, I think, I think Eric is first. Eric is saying, wait, Eric, what are you, what are you saying? So the profit and the wholesale fee. Um, profit, wholesale fee. Kevin is definitely right. Tina is definitely, looks like Tina is right. No, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to figure out if Kevin is right. Kevin, are you right? Yeah, is Kevin right? Yeah, Kevin is right. Yeah, Kevin is right. I mean, um, Eric is right. So it looks like Eric was first. Eric has, um, I think he put he put the amount first. For the um, cash buyer, on what they'll buy, buy it for. Then he put one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the profit, and he put thirty seven fifty for the uh, wholesale fee. <clears throat> so I think I've got to give it to Eric. I think Eric is right. He had an extra number in there, um, but Eric, it looks like Eric is first. And so here's how we got this, you guys. So write write this down. All right, so $750,000 for the wholesaler. So you're going to multiply that by 65%, which gives us um, $487,500, uh, $487, right? 65% of the seven fifty dollars um, is $487 dollars and uh, four hundred and eighty-seven thousand five hundred minus the repair costs. So the formula is sixty-five percent of that repair value minus repair costs. If you haven't been to the property, generally speaking, the repair cost is going to be about twenty percent. Twenty percent of the one of the seven fifty is one fifty. So now um, four eighty-seven minus the the uh, one fifty is. Three hundred, three hundred and thirty-seven thousand five hundred. That's the offer that you're going to make to the cash buyer. You're going to offer the cash buyer three hundred and thirty-seven thousand five hundred. That's sixty-five percent minus repair costs. You 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 put them under contract for for three hundred and seventy uh, for for three hundred thirty-seven thousand five hundred. You're under contract now. Now you're going to wholesale it, wholesale this deal to the cash to a cash buyer. Um, you know that the cash buyer will buy at seventy percent. So you take seventy percent. Let, let me just do it for you real quick. You take seventy percent of the three hundred seventy-five thousand, and you get five hundred and twenty-five thousand minus. 
the um, the repair cost of 150 equals 300 and, um, 375,000. The difference between the 375,000 and that you're going to offer to me, the cash buyer, and what you have it under contract for, the difference is um, 37,500. So that's that's going to be your wholesale fee. And then generally speaking, we want the profit for our cash buyers to be about 20% of the um, about 20% of the of the um, after repair value. 20% of the $750,000 is $150, $150,000. And so um, so Eric is right, Kevin is right. And Tina, it looks like Tina is right. And most of you guys have part of it right. And so it looks like um, looks like Eric is 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 first. So so Eric, I owe you two hundred dollars, my man. Send me your cash app. Um, Kev, Kevin, did you get the? Um, I cash apped you. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, put in put in the comment. I just want to make sure you received it. Uh, for whatever reason, I was having trouble with it, but let me know if you received it. Um, Eric, I owe you. Do you guys have any questions? Uh, okay. Um, you guys have any questions about this math? You got to get the math right. If you don't get the math right, you're going to be making the wrong offers. Um, and that's the number one mistake that investors make is making the wrong offers. And so you've got to get this math. You got to practice it. Um, okay, good, good. Kevin and Tamika said they received the money. Good. Um, you've got to practice this. That's why probably the last, I think, three meetings that we've had, I've, I've done this. I've gone over the math um, just so that you guys understand it. Just so that you look at Kevin and Tamika being a good sport. Look at them. Kevin, you know you upset. Come on, man. Um, but good. That's good. All right. You guys have questions about the math or questions about anything that we've talked about tonight? If so, put it in the chat box, I mean, the comment section. <clears throat> um, I see if a couple of you guys have um, um, followed me on YouTube. Um, do that. Also follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow about lead generation. If you have questions about that, um, bring those to me. Um, let's, let's have a good week, you guys. Let's let's do something productive. Hopefully tonight was productive, but let's do something productive. As, as you guys can see, there's many, many, many different ways to uh, really become wealthy. But we we do have to be educated. Um, but I think more importantly, we have to take action. Like like there's a lot of educated people who know a lot about a lot of things, and they broke. And we don't want that to be you. And so let's get educated, let's get motivated, let's learn, but let's not let all that learning be in vain um, because we're not taking action. And so that's the key, take action, do something every day. Today, I thought to myself this morning, what's the one thing I'm gonna do to take a baby step today to lead toward my, to my um, ultimate goals? And the one thing was, I interviewed a, a, a guy to, that's got some experience that was um, to work for, for my title company. And so that was one thing, and that's a baby step. And then I took a few other little baby steps today. Um, 
But I, when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to feel good about today. Um, and my goal is 24 hours from now, I feel good about these next 24 hours because I just did one little thing. My goal is to do one little thing tomorrow that's going to lead to you know, my ultimate goals and my ultimate success, uh, my ultimate happiness. And so we just can't sit idly by every single day doing nothing. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. Just kind of sticking with <clears throat> the status quo and um, living life by default. We've got to live life with a purpose and take action every day. And we don't have to hit home runs every day. It's little, little singles, little butt singles every day. Let's go. All right, you guys, take care. God bless. You know how to reach me if you need me. If you need me to look at any properties. Uh, Rennie, I'll be at the property tomorrow with you um, at 10 o'clock. Take care. God bless. Good night. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week.